hello, 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 and welcome back to another episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic with me, your host, Alana Pinsky. Hello, everyone. I wanted to let you know that I'm actually recording this during my lunch break right now since it is a at-home school day for me. So I thought, what if I tried doing this during my lunch break? Because sometimes when I record episodes, it doesn't take me the whole hour Plus, I'm not hungry yet, so I'll probably find a snack to eat after I record this episode, which I don't think is going to take that long. But this week's episode is all about moving to a new city and building community. I've kind of touched a little bit about this topic on my YouTube channel before. I've made videos where I've discussed like how to move across the country for less than $1,000, which is one of my most viewed videos. I think it's my second most viewed video. For a while, it was my most viewed video, and then I had another video that took its place, but it's still a good one. I've done videos on like how to make friends in a new city. I have made videos about moving to San Francisco, like what you need to know, and also same thing with Portland. So what I wanted to do with this episode was to basically share like what I've learned from like moving to a bunch of different cities because I have a lot of experience doing that. So I've lived in five different cities within four different states and it can be hard to start over and to figure out how to uproot your life, take it somewhere else, how to rebuild your social life. And even start from scratch if you know not a single soul. And I just will share my experiences on how I did that within three different cities. But the first two things I want to talk more on just the general things such as like just what you need to do about moving to a new city in general. And the best way to build your friend group or your social group just in general not like what I specifically did within each city but I will talk about that towards the end as opposed to inserting it more in the middle but before we get into that I really only have two life updates and to be honest they're really not that exciting I mean the first thing that I did over the weekend is I decorated my apartment for fall which you guys probably knew that I was already gonna be doing that because I talked about that in last week's episode So it looks really nice. My apartment smells like pumpkin and cinnamon and it feels really cozy already. So that's nice. And I just did a video where you can watch me do that. So that uploaded a couple days ago. So check it out on my channel. And then last Friday, I had to actually go into school, which is something I normally don't do. I had to go in on Friday because Thursdays are our model days. And so We were working on round layers models and my friend was going to be my model, but she works a nine to five office job and she just was not able to come in for the designated model day in the beginning of the afternoon. And so I had asked my instructor, could I come in on Fridays since part time students can make up hours on Mondays and Fridays since they don't have school? And he said that was fine. And I could have chosen to not make up this model. I mean, I wouldn't have lost hours anyway because I was still at class and I just worked on something else. But I still wanted to make sure that I could do layers on a real person and not just a mannequin. So I was really happy I got that permission and it turned out so well. Plus, I got to meet some other instructors at the school that I haven't really interacted with yet because they teach other classes. So I met 
um, another haircutting teacher, and then I met the color services teacher. I'm so excited for her unit, and I really vibed with her. So I was really happy that I had a good experience going in on a Friday, and I even got some more hours, so I'm kind of ahead of the game as a part-timer, which is really nice. Yeah, honestly, that's really it. Nothing really exciting. Like I said, those really weren't the most exciting updates. So I'm going to go ahead and jump into this topic. And it's all about moving to a new city. So I have lived in five different cities. So I've lived in my hometown of Richmond. Then I moved to Norfolk, Virginia for college. And I feel like college is the one exception where it doesn't count. But for the sake of this, we'll just count it. And then after college, I went to grad school. And that was to Lexington, Kentucky. And I feel like grad school can be a little bit different because if you go out of state, it can be difficult to build a social group and grad school kind of feels like you're more out in the real world than you are as opposed to college. That's why I wanted to kind of stress my experiences of Lexington, which I'll do later on. And then after Lexington was San Francisco, after San Francisco, it was Portland. So that should be five cities that I've lived in, but I've technically moved to four cities and I've lived in four different states. Let's start off with some of the best ways to move to a new city. This can be like a really daunting, scary, and exciting thing too. And some people just have no idea how the hell they can even get started when it comes to moving to a new city. But first things first, it is to know your budget because moving is not cheap. It is very, very expensive. I think it is totally possible to do it under $1,000, especially if you're going across the country like I did. I shared all of my tips and tricks in that video. You want to think about like, how are you going to transport your stuff? How are you going to pack your clothes and get everything there? Because maybe you want all of your clothes with you and you're going to need to pack multiple suitcases. So you want to take a look at your options on how you're going to get all your clothes to the next spot that you're gonna be living in. You need to think about what are you gonna do with your car? Do you even need your car? I'm gonna to touch on the car stuff in a little bit. Um, you need to think about like how much is it gonna to cost to live in your city? How much are apartments, condos, homes, whatever your housing situation is going to be. You also need to take a look into how you're gonna actually get your ass there. Are you gonna drive? Are you gonna fly? Are you gonna take a train? Like, how are you gonna transport yourself to that city? So you need to know your budget, you need to create it. Obviously research all those prices and then kind of take a look at what you have to do to get your ass there along with your stuff to that location. Look at prices, look at your finances and what you can budget. Be realistic because you can definitely find cheaper options for all sorts of different things. And that's going to be one of the first biggest things that you're going to have to do is create that budget, know it, be realistic, and work with it. So once you got that down, you've picked a city, you know where you want to live. Now you have to research your potential city. I know that sounds like a biggest, well, no shit Alana moment, but you'll be surprised at how many people do not do a single ounce of researching when they are going to be moving. To be honest with you, I really didn't do too much too much research when it came to me moving to Lexington, Kentucky. And that sort of bit me in the ass a little bit. I'll explain about that a little later on in the episode. But research your potential city. 
I also recommend visiting before you even go. And it's really funny that I say that because I never went to Portland before visiting, but I had done my research, which is why I felt confident in moving. But for me, like when I visited San Francisco with my family for the first time, right before my last year of grad school was starting, I absolutely fell in love with the place. And I'm so happy I got to go and visit because if I had never gone on this family trip, I probably would never had had the idea of living in San Francisco to ever cross my mind at all. When you visit somewhere and you fall in love, that can be a really good sign that maybe you want to move there. I mean, think about it. Think about a place that you visited that you fell in love and that you could absolutely see yourself moving to, right? I feel like we all get those feelings and it's important to listen to those feelings. And even if you can't do it right away, You can always put on the back burner and come to it later and be like, okay, I visited, I fell in love. It has all the things that I need in a city or a place to live that's going to help me thrive. So that's really important is to visit before you make that decision because the last thing you want to do is move somewhere and be unhappy or at least do research if you're not able to visit and get to know everything about it to make sure that's going to be something that you're going to vibe with. So once you have locked down where you're living, you're for sure that you know you want to go, you've already visited, you know what it's going to be like, then the last thing that's going to be really important is to explore different neighborhoods in that city so you can find one that's going to align with your lifestyle. I think this is really important and this is something that a lot of people do not think about. With Lexington, obviously neighborhood wasn't going to be like a huge thing for me because I was going to be a grad student and Lexington's not really like a city city. It's more like a suburb city. There's a downtown, but it's not really like, it doesn't have that city feel to it. It's not very urban. And so for me, neighborhoods didn't really matter. In fact, I honestly couldn't tell you anything about Lexington neighborhoods because it was pretty much like subdivisions and other shit that I just simply like did not care about because I really hated living there. But I had to live there for school. And with San Francisco, that was where I had to do a lot of research. Thankfully, I got to know some of the neighborhoods when I had visited and got to explore those. But I didn't get to see everything of San Francisco, right? So obviously, I had to do more research and figure out what was going to be safe for me to live in before I was going to move there. So it's very, very important that you explore different neighborhoods Um, Think about like what you need in a neighborhood. Do you need to have a coffee shop within walking distance of you? Do you want to be around like a good nightlife scene? Do you want to be in a neighborhood that's more quiet? Do you want to be in a neighborhood that's family friendly? Like those are things that you're going to have to really take into consideration. I swear to God, neighborhoods matter so much when you're moving to a city, especially one that has more of like an urban feel to it and not a suburban feel to it. So Really, really important that the things that you want that are going to be nearby and those things that are important to you exist because that will definitely determine like the quality of your lifestyle. That's what I have to recommend on like researching and visiting. So earlier, I just talked about cars, like thinking about like, do you need a car? How are you going to transport your car? Can you drive there? Is it not drivable? Those are things you're going to need to think about. So for me, When I moved to San Francisco, I was in a bit of a unique situation because here's the thing. San Francisco is a city where you do not need a car. But for what I was doing for work, 
I actually did need a car because I was going to be driving all around the Bay Area and not everything was going to be accessible with public transportation because I'd be going to other cities outside of SF and going to like suburb cities such as like South SF or Pacifica or San Bruno, places like that where I absolutely need a car. And there are some BART stations that do go into like San Bruno and South SF, but they weren't BART accessible. They were further away from the station. So that wasn't going to work for me, right? I did have to pay a lot of money to get my car shipped across the country. But if I was moving for a job where I knew that I did not need a car, I would not have brought my car with me. And I think that's really important. Think about your job. Like if you're moving for a job, think about your commute time. Look that up. Look that up from like if you already know where you're going to be living. Look up your commute time from where you're going to be working and see like, is it easy enough to get to with public transportation or can you walk or do you really need a car? Like that's going to be so important. But I will say for me, I'm a big public transit girly. I fully believe that if you move to a city where you do not need a car and if the public transportation can take you all over the city, I highly suggest you sell your car. Do not bring a car into a place where you don't need a car. I think it's going to be a waste of money you're more at risk for something bad happening to your car because car break-ins can be really common in bigger cities. It's just an unfortunate truth. Um, you also have to think about gas and the insurance costs can be higher depending on where you live. And sometimes it can be a true hassle. I will say I hate how the U.S. is so car dependent. It drives me crazy. I've absolutely enjoyed not having a car. It has just been so much easier on my life financially and even mentally and ever since I got into my accident SF where I totaled my car I have really enjoyed not being able to drive and I still have a small fear of driving like I don't really like driving long distances anymore because of it that's something you should really think about I will say you probably should find a place to live before you decide whether or not you need a car but I'm still going to talk about it. So looking for a place to live. So in big cities like Portland, Seattle, New York, L.A., Facebook Marketplace, believe it or not, or even Facebook groups are going to be some of the best places to look for apartments or roommates, especially roommates. Now, if you're thinking about living solo, one of my favorite websites to browse for one bedroom studios or even a two bedroom if you're able to afford it is apartmentless.com. What I really like about apartmentless is that there's all these great filters and you can basically take this questionnaire that meets like different things that you need in a place when it comes to like location, price, other amenities that are really important to you. It's much more customizable and then it will generate results that meets your needs. And I'll even give you other options that are maybe either a little outside of your budget or maybe it finds something a little bit cheaper than what you were looking for. It gives you other options. And I think it's better than like other websites that have filters, but it's much more complex and more detailed. And there is a little bit of AI that's involved to match you up with that apartment that you're trying to find. So Apartmentless is such a great website, highly recommend. But if you're in need of a roommate, like I said, Facebook Marketplace and Facebook groups are really great, but you got to be careful of scams. And they're very common, especially in big cities. I definitely recommend you do your research on looking out for scams. I've talked a little bit more about scams in housing on one of my San Francisco apartment hunting videos. But 
I wish I had more time to touch on like how to not get scammed when looking for an apartment, but do your due diligence. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Also, the biggest thing that I will say that you're probably getting scammed is if you're talking to somebody who has terrible grammar and you know the English is terrible or they're using phrases like sir, ma'am, dear, kindly, um, they're asking for wire transfers or they refuse to show you the place in person and that they'll just mail you the keys, run as fast as you can. If you do not meet with someone physically in person and they do not give you a walking tour, then it's probably a scam. So if you have to do a virtual tour, make sure it's on video, they're on camera, they have proof that they are an actual tenant in that apartment. Because sometimes you may have to do a video tour and it's really important that that person is on camera so you know that they're real, they're not hiding anything and that you can actually see the place, right? So that's really important. And then the fifth thing that you're going to want to do immediately after you've locked in your place is do not wait until the last minute to do this. But once you've secured a place, immediately start researching utility companies for your bills so you get all of that set up so by the time you move in, you have those appointments scheduled all ready to go. The last thing you want to do is schedule it last minute right when you move in you're without electricity or internet for a day it's a mess so be smart and get that scheduled the sixth thing is to start building your bucket list and play tourists in your own city for a week or a weekend with whatever time you have you can do this before you move you can do this when you arrive but it's really important that you experience your city and the culture and what it can bring. Strongly recommend that you familiarize yourself with the city culture. Like, what do people usually do? How do people usually interact? How do people usually talk? What do people typically, like, wear or what kind of music that they listen to? Just getting to understand, like, what's really common in the area. I know with the Bay Area specifically, like, hyphy culture is still really prominent and so I didn't want to be ignorant to that. So I followed a couple of accounts and really enjoy them because some of them are really funny. But it truly does help you familiarize yourself with like the city culture, learning how to respect people who were born there, getting to know more about them and, you know, being respectful of what the city is about. Now, that's just one example. Um, like with Portland, some people say that nobody here uses umbrellas when it rains, that you just need a rain jacket. That's like a very small minor thing when it comes to like city culture or like the fashion style in Portland is really unique. I think Portland's a very fashionable city. Obviously, you don't need to be a follower and start dressing a way that isn't really going to align with who you are. Just immerse yourself in what the city culture is about. Learn what kind of food is really good there. Experience that. That's really important. And then the last thing, pack early. Do not do this last minute. I swear to God, you will just create so much more stress on yourself because moving is already so expensive. I always say try doing it a week before you're going to move. I've really enjoyed taking advantage of freight services. Unfortunately, the freight services that I used to use are no longer in service. So that example would be bus freighter that ran through Greyhound. That was how I would ship all of my personal belongings, like any like home decor, my bedding, any kind of small furniture that I could possibly put in a box. 
Anything that I could basically pack in a box, take it to the station, put it on a dolly, and then they'll take care of the rest for you, and then it gets delivered. That was a really great life-saving service for me. Unfortunately, it's no longer operating, so I highly recommend that you look at some other freight services that are within your budget. I really liked it because it was pretty affordable. Another thing that I did into, in order to pack like all of my clothes, because typically I did fly to most of the places that I moved to with the exception of Lexington. I did drive to Lexington when I still had my car. And so for that, I packed two big suitcases with me that I could use as um, checked bags. I tried to fly with Southwest so it would be free. So it would reduce the cost because Southwest gives you two free bags that you can check. And for other clothes that just simply wouldn't fit in other suitcases, I just shipped them with um, luggage shipping services or you can even ship them by mail. That can get a little bit pricier, but I have found some good budget-friendly options that I've put in that less than $1,000 moving video. Make sure you pack the clothes that you know you're not gonna wear right away, the shoes you're not gonna wear right away. Those are the things you can ship off early. Your personal items that you may not need that you can easily put in a box, ship those early, because that way they might get there already and they'll be there waiting for you right when you are moving and you're not waiting on more things to come in. And so that way you can start your unpacking process as soon as you can. I know for me, once I move and settle into a place, I want to immediately start unpacking and get to work so I can immediately feel settled in. And that way I can enjoy my new space. Because otherwise I'm going to feel stressed out. I don't like mess. I don't like procrastinating on stuff like that because it just brings more stress and anxiety that I genuinely do not need. So those are my tips on the best ways to move to a new city so you have a really smooth transition. So the next segment I want to go into is now once you are transitioned, you've gotten settled in, how the hell are you supposed to start making friends and building out a social group for yourself? I feel like the first one is a really easy one. So if you have an in-office job, work can be a really great place to make friends. Now, of course, be careful with who you align and trust because your coworkers are not really going to always be your friends. But you may find one or two people that you absolutely vibe with. You've built a great relationship with them. And that can be a really great way to make friends. I know a lot of companies will do happy hours and other events where they're a little bit more laid back. And obviously those are casual. But if you are somebody who doesn't mind going to like a company happy hour, it can be a great way just to get out of your house and to just meet people and to have more laid back conversations that don't have to be professional sounding. And you can generally get to know your coworkers as people and not these like professional robots that you have to engage with in an office. Now, not everybody wants to make friends with their coworkers and that's fine, but it still is an option that's there. Another great thing that I really recommend, and this is something that I've done when it comes to moving, I've done this in San Francisco, but it's to get involved with like a college alumni chapter. So for grad school, I went to the University of Kentucky, which is a pretty big flagship school and it has a big fan base compared to my undergrad, which is more local based. So really like the alumni chapters are gonna be mostly centered on like the East Coast, more in Virginia. And I think there were a couple chapters in some other states surrounding Virginia, but it's really small. So with Kentucky, because it's a bigger institution, 
It's an SEC school. It's more of a flagship university. There's going to be people all around. There's chapters all over the country. And so San Francisco had a really nice alumni chapter. And what I liked to do with that was I would go to watch parties on Saturdays or other days, depending on the sport, for college football and basketball games since Kentucky's a big sports school, mostly for basketball. But they've gotten decent in football over the past couple of years, shockingly. And so I would go to watch parties in the fall to watch football games with other past UK alum. I will say a lot of them were a lot older than me, but I would meet some people close to my age from time to time. And I got to meet a lot of great people that I've gotten numbers from and that I've hung out with outside of watch parties. I've, you know, followed them or friend them on social media. So that was a really awesome way for me to go out and just expand my social network. Now, I know not everyone goes to college, so this option's not going to be for everyone. But if you've attended a college that isn't so small or is medium size to large size, check to see if there is an alumni chapter in your city because there very well may be. Let's say you move to a new city for school. I think this is a pretty common one as well, but school is going to probably be your primary place for making friends. Because when I moved to Norfolk, obviously my social group was all from who I met in school. I don't think I met like a single person or friend that I didn't make that wasn't attending ODU. I could be wrong. I think there might have been one or two people that I might have met. Nothing's really coming to mind at the moment, but School is going to be your best bet. So like when I lived in Kentucky, my social circle basically came from just like who I had class with at school. And that was really it. And then I had gotten lucky when somebody who used to attend my school at ODU and was in my sorority moved to Lexington. And then she was somebody that I got to hang out with um, separate from my school friends. But other than that, I didn't really get to meet. Oh, wait, that's a lie. So I'm going to add this other thing in here that I didn't think of. If you were in a fraternity or sorority, check to see if there is like a local alumni chapter in your city. There most likely is one. So Lexington had an alumni chapter and I went to a couple events with my friend who was also a DZ alum. And so that was a great way to meet people as well. I actually got involved with one event in San Francisco where I actually got to attend the national convention in San Francisco because I never got to do that in college and I got to volunteer on the 4th of July and I got to meet two women who um, were obviously younger than me from my chapter and got to introduce myself and I remember I took them to Chrissy Field for the fireworks and get to know them a little bit better. I remember how lovely that was. Anyways, I'm getting off topic but yeah, another thing is like yeah, if you are if you're in a sorority or fraternity, check to see if there's an alumni organization in your city and get involved. That's another really great way to meet people. Another thing, just speaking of groups, meetup groups are really common. Like people look at meetup.com as an option. I know Bumble BFF is a really good option. I personally don't use I've used Bumble BFF once. That was when I was an SF. And then when I moved to Portland and I obviously was like done with dating apps, I didn't even want that on my phone because I'm perfectly content with my social group here in Portland. Let's say you live in a big apartment or condo, like a high rise or something, or just like a complex building. A lot of those buildings will do events for the residents and some of them can be really fun. I will say my apartment building 
does a lot of really fun events for the residents. And I've actually made two friends from attending one of those. So my friends Ryan and Jess, who I've talked about, I met them at one of our apartment's paint and sip events. And I hang out with them all the time. So that is such a great way to get out of your place and meet some people in your building. And plus, the proximity is right there. So it's really easy to access them and to be able to make plans with them. There should be no excuse. Another thing that I really recommend are local events. And this is the last thing that I'm going to recommend. So with local events, it could be like any simple event that's going on in your city. It's important to get out and talk to people around you, collect numbers, see who you vibe with. One way that I made friends I wouldn't say this was like a local event, but it was something that was happening in the area that I paid for. Portland has a lot of cool haunted history. And so I booked this haunted pub crawl in Old Town Chinatown at Kells Irish Pub. And so it was a group event where you get to try some beers and also walk around Old Town Chinatown and learn about like some haunted history. And I met my friends Tanner and Nicole that way. I still keep in touch with them. I still hang out with them. And it's like once you've met these people and you've gotten their numbers, the biggest thing is that you have to be consistent. You have to reach out. Don't wait for them to reach out to you. Because if you do that, you may never see that person again. And if you reach out and they welcome that, then cool, you keep that going. Because when you reach out to them, then they'll feel comfortable about reaching out to you. But if they... Don't reply back to you after you reach out and they ghost you even after multiple times where you reached out. Then maybe they really weren't interested in being your friend and that sucks. But hey, at least you know who to not waste your time with, right? Because your time is absolutely precious. I know meeting people can be really scary, but like these are my biggest tips that I really recommend to make friends after you've attended one of these things. It is going to require you to step out of your comfort zone. You have to push boundaries. I know social events can be anxiety inducing. They can make you nervous and it can be hard to strike up new conversations with people. But if you don't get out of your comfort zone and push those boundaries, it could be a really long bumpy ride for you socially where you're going to feel really lonely and I really don't want that for you. I also think it's important to be approachable. Best ways to be approachable is like, you know, make good eye contact, don't look standoffish, smile, and show genuine interest when you're engaging with other people. I think that goes a very long way. Again, don't wait for others to invite you to something. Sometimes you're going to have to initiate plans. And keep that consistent because building friendships does take time. And when the both of you are being consistent with each other's efforts to connect, you'll be able to nurture that relationship very well. And then the last thing is to always be yourself. Duh, right? Authenticity attracts authentic connections. Because if you're not going to be true to yourself, then you're not going to find the people who are going to appreciate you for you. And you know in this podcast, we are all about authentically being you. Basically, just to quickly just summarize like my experiences when it came to moving to new cities. So with Lexington, for me and the way that I moved, obviously I drove. My car was a great source for packing. And as I stated before, most of my friends came from school. Now, I will say I did not have the best experience living in Lexington, Kentucky. I feel like it's not a very good place 
for people who were young and single, it seemed like everyone was partnered and it was very lonely, but I had, a, you know, a solid friend group that I was really grateful for. Even with that friend group, I will say it was really lonely. And I think that's just because with the lack of things to do in that city and how it was more of a suburb city and not like an urban city, the only fun things to really do there was to like either go to breweries or distilleries, go to Keeneland every now and then and get dinner or something. It got really repetitive and boring and I just didn't feel like the city had any kind of longevity for me in terms of happiness and fun and my quality of life was not great but thankfully I was only there for two years and that way I was able to get the fuck out like I was only there for school I got my education I sometimes still talk to the people that I was friends with in Lexington but yeah I will say Lexington was probably my most negative experience of living in a new city and that was also my first time living out of state. Lexington was really good experience for getting used to living out of state and it made me feel a little bit more prepared for San Francisco and my reason for moving to San Francisco was for a job but I knew that I wanted to live there because of how much I fell in love with the city when I visited with my family which I touched on a little bit earlier. But yeah, San Francisco had everything that I ever needed. San Francisco was also right on the water. And when I lived in Lexington, well, Kentucky is a landlocked state. And that was fucking miserable. I will never live in a landlocked state ever again. I need to be in a city where there's water. There really wasn't even a river that went through Lexington. And there was just no water around in it just felt really constricting. I felt suffocated without being near water. So that was one thing that I really valued in San Francisco. I value that San Francisco was a city of diversity and culture. I liked that it was bigger. I liked that it had more things to do. I liked that it was more of a sustainable city. And it was just a very welcoming place for me. And it was a perfect place to be single in as well. Now dating on the other hand, that's a whole different story. But you at least have options. That's all I'm going to say if you're single. Maybe they're not good options, but there's options. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco was some of the best four years of my life. I miss living there every single day. Unfortunately, I had left because of the pandemic. I felt priced out. And I obviously was not going to move back to my hometown of Richmond, Virginia. And so I knew I wanted to live somewhere on the West Coast where I could still not have a car and it was going to be cheaper, and so Portland came to mind. So Portland was a very last-minute decision for me. I had never visited, but I at least did my research to make sure that it was going to be a place that was going to be doable without a car. I wanted to see what the feel of the city would be like. Was it going to have a city feel, or was it going to be more of like a suburb feel? Thankfully, it had that city feel. It had tons of public transportation options and I will say I have been so impressed with the public transportation here in Portland. Sometimes I might need to take Ubers to certain things but for the most part I take bus or light rail cars to get around which has been really nice for me and the people here are so nice. The food here is really good. I will say I do wish Portland could be better in terms of diversity. It is a little white out here. Every time I go back to San Francisco I'm like oh yes diversity. It's not just white people that I'm around. So that is one thing that Portland really needs to do better in. Even though I'm not off like a bay or a body of ocean, I still have a river. There's two rivers here and 
I'm not too far from the coast and there's still plenty of tons of good things to do here. I built a really great social circle for myself. I've made friends through my apartment complex just by getting out. I had a friend that I knew. Well, we weren't as good friends before she moved here, but she was somebody that I knew who moved here and then I became better friends with. And then she knew somebody who was friends with her cousin. And so now I'm friends with that girl. And that's basically how I made friends for myself in Portland. In San Francisco, I forgot to mention, the way that I made friends was from the alumni chapter group that I mentioned earlier. I made friends through work. Like I met my friend Brian through my first job. I made friends through a girl who I actually went to Israel with. And so I met two people from her that I became friends with. I've met some people through social media, through like influencer groups, because that's kind of where my influencer content career kicked off. And I built a community out of that. So yeah, it's worked out really well in my favor. And I'm obviously so grateful to be a content creator because there is a whole type of community that comes with that. And I know I've been trying to get involved with like a Portland content creator community here too. Things just keep getting delayed and pushed back because nobody can ever pick a time to meet up. But hopefully I'll get to meet some more people later down the road. But yeah, that's basically like all of my advice that I can give when it comes to moving to a new city and building a new social circle for yourself and how I've been able to make the transition to new places every single time. Because with Portland, I did have to start from scratch. With San Francisco, it was a little bit easier for me because I did know some people already out in the Bay Area. And so when you make friends with somebody else's friends, that can be really helpful. But I hope that this makes you feel a lot less alone and makes you feel more confident and excited and that you're ready to take on this new place so you can live your best bold life unapologetically, of course. So guys, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Shamelessly Unapologetic. I really had so much fun recording this episode. If you ever want to email an unapologetic experience, you can always email the podcast at shamelesslyunapologeticpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at shamelesslyunapologetic. And with that, I will see you next week with a brand new episode.